accountability is God's job. But it's not solely God's job. No, it's our job too. We will be the plan. We are never going to give up. When the truth is known to the entire world, we are going to have extreme accountability. And welcome to the Stu Peter Show. My name is Paul Harrell, filling in for Stu. So in case you've been living under a rock the last week, you probably know there's another war on the horizon. This time last year, the Ukraine war propaganda was in full swing. There were stories about how the Russians were being soundly defeated by Zelensky's glorious army. That was a lie and a figment of the Western media's imagination. Remember the ghost of Kiev? The brave fighter pilot that turned out to be a total fake? There were so many lies, we would take up the entire broadcast tonight to list all of them. But the bottom line is, much like COVID, over the last two years, many Americans asked the question, if we can't trust the media to give us the truth about COVID, the bioweapon, the clot shot, then why would we believe they are telling us the truth about the war in Ukraine? Much of the country, not all, but more than the elites are comfortable with, did not buy the war propaganda. But unfortunately for us, we may have to learn this lesson all over again. Because if you would have poll tested a war among conservatives and Christians, a conflict in the Middle East where the nation of Israel is specifically under threat would have poll tested very well. American sentiment against the war in Ukraine was ticking way up and then boom. Now it seems like we're right back where we started as many clamor for America to get involved in a new Middle East war. Now, as far as I can remember, one key difference between the Ukraine war rhetoric versus the new Israeli-Palestine war rhetoric is that I don't remember so many calling for the complete genocide of the Russian people. Yeah, sure, Sean Hannity called for the assassination of Vladimir Putin a couple of times, and Lindsey Graham was his usual war-mongering self, but it's been very eye-opening to listen to the apparent calls of genocide from American leaders. Nikki Haley urged Netanyahu to, quote, finish, end quote, the Palestinians once and for all. And while the barbaric attacks against innocent Israeli citizens was gut-wrenching to watch, I do not believe blowing up residential buildings that likely house women and children is the answer. Additionally, we just got out of Afghanistan, which was a disaster, and the neocon foreign policy that has unarguably served to destabilize the Middle East is once again leading the way towards more war. At a time when America's financial system is about to collapse, we're being invaded at the southern border by military-aged males, and most Americans cannot afford to feed themselves because of inflation at the grocery store. Does this sound like a good time to get involved in another foreign war? And the neocons will do it, too. They are much more comfortable fighting Middle East proxy wars than risking direct confrontation with the nuclear superpower that is Russia. Timothy Gordon is a teacher of philosophy and theology, and he's an author of the book Rules for Retrogrades, 40 Tactics to Defeat the Radical Left, and he joins us now to talk more about all of this. Tim Gordon, welcome to the Stu Peter Show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks a million for having me. Good to be here. So what is your stance on all of this, uh, just in terms of the, uh, the – what's your general policy when it comes to America getting involved in any war, not just a war in the Middle East? Well, let me say in opening, RIP, anti-war American right. But uh, the, the, the two-headed policy that I think any American, not just right-wingers, should – closely and jealously guard is this uh, uh what i call a procedural moment and a substantive moment the procedural moment is simply parsing how do we know what we know not to sound like too much of a philosopher but what's the epistemic ground for rehabbing our faith in institutions this faith was essentially destroyed long before covid for most people that were awake that set their alarm and got up early in the morning. But for even a lot of normie conservatives, sensible yet normie conservatives, or more, more credulous conservatives, COVID did it. Our faith in institutions, the government media complex or what have you, was ruptured. So what's the epistemic ground for 
for getting back on board. I must have missed a meeting that conservatives now believe everything they see on their TVs. I'm not saying it's all fake, by the way. There's, there's, a, there's a bit more evidence here than with Russia-Ukraine. But has it met the mark? I don't know. The second moment is the substantive moment, which is we won't get fooled again. Even if all of this is true, and I'm, I'm like you said, I'm a Christian, so prayers for Israelis, prayers for the innocents among the Palestinians, prayers for all the world. But we simply can't afford to give a damn if giving a damn means getting involved, more, more, more blood and more treasure. No, we learned this after 9-11 if we weren't dense. So uh, uh, isolationism is a substantive perspective that pretty much most American conservatives have to have to continue qualifying as an American conservative to me. Yeah, I, that's a really, really good point. Um, it, it's almost like we've gone back in time to the, uh, you know, uh, the post 9-11, Toby Keith, all the sudden, you know, and um, the, the Republicans, uh, or at least the base, they had become the party of anti-war. Immediately when this happened, we saw I saw these memes. It was like, well, it was fun while it lasted. The right was anti-war. Now they're pro-war again. And I've highlighted this for a, for a while now, where the left, when I was growing up and we were in Iraq after 9-11, it was the left that was anti-war all the time. And I thought it was so odd that now, of course, the left just does everything that the government tells them to. If the government says it, if the FBI says it, then it's credible and, you know, it's the Republicans that are questioning or that's the part of the population that actually questions the government, is skeptical of government power. But now in this instance, we have, uh, you know, we have many people because it's Israel. And you mentioned, you know, you're a Christian and I'm a Christian. But there is, uh, in, in some Christians' minds, uh, the fact that it's Israel somehow means that it's 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 more you know biblically relevant and so we have to do something about it um what what are your thoughts on that well i disagree decidedly i i i see no ground for i see no fertile ground for treating israel any differently than than any any other country even if they happen to be categorized as an ally of ours we we simply we can't afford it and we also know that with regard to the region, the Tinderflint region, which Israel was set up at the begin around the, the mid middle mark of the 20th century, it's that we're not getting into that Vietnam again, or, or so I thought before this happened. Now, it's it's a, a scary time because conservatives are out there. The mainstream conservatives, you've turned on Fox News, which I did for the first time in, in three years um, after the weekend's attacks. It's staggering to see the same who used to be anti-establishment conservatives like Hannity and Levin. I mean, maybe not Hannity was always establishment. <laughs> who, are, who are defending Kevin McCarthy, who, by the way, was, was my representative when I worked in a law office. I, I, oh, I wow. met him. And uh, he's, he's talk about empty suit. They were defending him, even Laura Ingram defending him. I, I tuned out politics after the 2020 election. So I was shocked to see that. What's well, the same ones that are going to bat, calling everyone cretins if they just or calling them hate mongers. I don't I don't want hate on anyone. I, I, I'm a peace guy. I want peace in the Middle East. We simply can't affect it, particularly when that situation has been set up to fail. So it's it's really it's frightening is not the right word. It's uh, disenchanting mm. to see that there is a pre-cooked up conservative point of view, and it's still the neocon point of view. the The neocons still have enough power to convince at least boomers on primetime evening news. They're probably the only ones that still watch primetime evening news on television networks that you're really wrong if you don't want to spill American blood and treasure to go again adventuring in the Middle East. It's, it's staggering. And I don't like being lumped in with um, hate mongers for simply saying no. I mean, Ron Paul said it, and um, 
Maybe at the time, maybe at the time we should have listened to Ron Paul when he it's said It's interesting. We're gonna, coming up here in the program, we're going to be playing a, a video uh, of Ron Paul back in 2009 uh, stating <laughs> that I- Israel actually created Hamas, similar to the way the United States uh, created ISIS. So stay tuned for that. Um, we've been, I've been talking a lot on this program as I've gotten to fill in for Stu about Christian nationalism uh, and, and uh, just this idea that civil magistrates need to if they're Christian, they need to feel free to govern like a Christian would govern if they're elected to, you know, any any position, uh, if even if it's dog catcher, right? And that's gotten some pushback from, obviously it gets pushback from those on the left. They'll say, well, you're not a Christian nationalist, you're actually a Christo-fascist. And we've heard that, you know, eventually if you vote and you believe in Jesus, you're going to be called a Christian nationalist. That's where all of this is going, or a Christo-fascist, if you will. What what are your thoughts on generally on this this idea of Christian nationalism that has been put out there, uh, and it's, it's a lot of people I think have had enough of this live and let live mentality. If it means we have to accept parents taking their kids to drag shows or you know giving them puberty blocking hormones and calling it health care, what are your thoughts? Well, I have a niche view on this one. It's very very Christian, but uh, many folks that are out there pushing nationalism don't see it the way i see it i I see nationalism when nationalism is taken to mean near hemisphere sized continents which never in the history of republics has has been the size of a republic a republic's been about the size of a city Hmm. um i i i have a problem with the, the latter half not the former half most people don't know that in america under the first amendment from 1791 to 1947 all of the states were were assumed by the First Amendment to have establishment, Christian establishments. They differ state to state. In 1791, when the Establishment Clause was ratified, eight of the 13 states had official Christian establishments. It was the nationalists under, you know, there's actually Masonic nationalists, seven of nine of the Supreme Court jurists, Uh, said that the First Amendment meant its opposite, that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. All this really meant for those 150 years was that Congress is not allowed to disestablish state establishments of Christianity. That's right. That's That's, right. That's that's what they're going to mean. Now they said the states can't establish any longer uh, Christianity. So Christianity has always been not only the watchword, but it's also been thought to be bound up inextricably with the lawfare here. Same regarding uh, laws on contraception, which all of the red states had until uh, a case called Griswold versus Connecticut. The nationalists made it illegal for states to ban contraception. Same thing with porn. Uh, There's a case called Stanley versus Georgia that made it illegal for red states to ban porn. Same thing with Roe four years later. Mm-hmm. They made it illegal for the red states to ban it. Same thing with uh, Sod. So so I, I, I believe the lawfare was intended to be Christian by state level, state yeah. by state. No, in I, I completely agree with you. Also, you had blasphemy laws on the books up until 1930. The idea that the founding fathers, when they were writing the First Amendment, had in mind that it was going to allow for the distribution of pornography under the idea of free speech, is ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous on its face, and yet we've allowed jurisprudence to carry us to this point, legislating from the bench. Uh, that's an interesting point on, on, the, on the, the, the term nationalism, calling those seven of nine Supreme Court justices nationalists. That, that is uh, certainly interesting. My, 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 um, my reasoning for this is, like, in the debate uh, right now on Christian you know, nationalism among uh, Christians, you know, specifically Protestants, evangelicals, there's pushback against it because, you know, there's this post-World War II consensus, uh, this, this line of thinking that essentially says, well, you know what, any government is better than a Christian government. We just want pluralism. But then you look at what they're saying about this Israeli-Palestine conflict, and all of a sudden— and they don't see the contradiction. All of a sudden, it's okay to have, uh, you know, it's okay to have a, a Jewish state or even an ethnocentric state. That's all fine. We don't hear the allegations of racism, you know, like you do with those who are saying, you know, I, I, 
I just think we need to be a Christian nation because the choice is you're either going to be a pagan nation or a Christian nation. So let's work towards the Christian nation. And it's really not even that scary of a thing to your point about the states. If the Supreme Court does not take away our right to make laws protecting kids from being trans and having their genitals removed, that you, you we already have a form of Christian nationalism in, in a lot of southern red states because there's a Christian population whose whose hearts are inclined to worship God and, and inclined to, you know, worship Christ, and they vote for legislators who are also Christians. Those legislators are going to their capitals. They're passing laws, that, and some of them are quoting Scripture. I know in my home state of Arkansas they are. They're literally quoting the Bible as reasons to vote for laws protecting kids on the House floor, on the Senate floor. There's, I mean— it's, it's really more of a natural thing that's happening if states will be left alone to legislate. I know I just said a lot there. Feel free to respond. Well, that's the essence of it. Maybe I didn't um, state this before. It, there was one constitutional monster that made it illegal to uh, do all of the things that were considered paramount for states in the United States to do in mm -hmm. 1791 and and remember states was capitalized the u and united was not i'm talking christian establishments banning porn contraception sodomy abortion all of these were undone the banning of the banning was accomplished by the 14th amendment and it was a nationalist amendment that would um, sweep the police powers the sovereign powers to regulate health safety welfare morals that's the one we're talking about, insecurity, away from the sovereign states to the far-off nerve center Leviathan uh, uh, federal government. And they made it illegal for these red states to ban. So I, I moved from California to Mississippi when BLM drove me out of uh, California and, I, and took my job. It was a national case and everything. I moved here because it's the reddest state. It's still constitutionally illegal to illegalize in this red state. We would illegalize anything. This place is very conservative, trusted, and ex-Californian. But it's illegal. They, you literally can't ban porn, contraception, sodomy. Uh, we were the state that made it legal again under states' rights to mm -hmm. illegalize abortion. That's I would right. also point out that uh, in closing, a republic is a res publica. So from the days of Aristotle, Plato, through Seneca and Cicero, uh, St. Augustine, St. Thomas, Bellarmine, Suarez, Montesquieu, even in the early modern era, they all agreed a republic meant a res publica. That means one public thing that everyone in the polity should share. You can't have pluralism. What's the one thing? They say a moral, civic religion. Hmm. So Christianity was understood to be the res publica in America the one problem with America that we don't have time to get into today is how do you have one res publica for a vast continent-sized landmass that can't work? Federalist Ten was a was a was a bit of a pig in a poke. Um, you, all other republics that were small and all did share one religion. It's not wrong. Um, were small, like Little Malta or I guess Little England or the the Swiss cantons. Uh, the Venetian Republic was its own thing, not all of giant Italy. The point is when, when yes, they selectively apply this to Israel for reasons I guess we don't have time to get into today, post-war reasons. They're not wrong to say that republics should be made up of one kind of person, particularly mm. one religious kind of person. But, but it's not way off base to say also ethnic or, or cultural, but religious is the most important one. Yeah. The point is that they selectively apply it and they refuse to apply it to Western hemisphere sized America. That's that's the problem. How do you have 300 million people to agree on everything? Yeah. The whole thing, yes, me needs to be broken up back into the states where uh, where where you can actually have non pluralism again. Yeah. And you can vote with your feet and like you did. You know, I'm moving to Mississippi. We just need we need more of that. And we need the states to have even more power uh, than they than they currently do. Before we go, uh, Tim Gordon, uh, tell us about your book. Uh, I, I know you've written several books, but this rules for retrogrades is intriguing. Uh, briefly, uh, to tell us about why you wanted to write this book. 
Well, in some sense, it's it's the uh, it's the brand because it's the name of my show on YouTube. It's a 40, 40 rules, anti Alinsky rules, uh, reversing Saul Alinsky's rules yeah. for radicals, and um, it's it's you know one of the four real premises on which I stand, and it's you know which is right wing community organizing. So it's it's really really important that conservatives have a way. Think waking up today a way to say, here's what we need true conservatives to be tested by, kind of touchstone. And those who are claiming to be conservatives out there and saying otherwise should be struck by this touchstone and, and identified for what they are. So it's, it's 40 rules that are aggressive tactics to engage in the culture war. And that's, that's what I do from a, a Roman Catholic perspective on Rules for Retrogrades um, show on YouTube and, and podcasts things like well, that. I have other books. Besides. Let's have you, we need to have you back on soon. We can maybe go over some of those. I, I saw a few about, you know, college and, you know, not going to college, which I, that right there is uh, something that I find fascinating and agree with, by the way, Timothy Gordon, thank you so much for coming on the Stu Peter show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Alrighty folks, Peace. the Stu Peter show rolls on. Don't go anywhere back in just a moment. We're seeing unprecedented criminal tax hikes, hyperinflation, a full blown recession, and it's all part of the grand plan. The billions of dollars that Biden keeps sending to that corrupt, fake Ukraine. The trillions in new taxes that he wants to shove down your throat. The electronic banking system crash, resetting everybody to zero. Checking accounts, savings accounts, 401ks, IRAs, all of it. Zero. But you don't have to be a victim. Protect your money and get up to $10,000 in free silver to do it when you call my friends at GoldCo. GoldCo has helped to protect over $2 billion in gold and silver for people like you and me. And now they're offering you up to $10,000 in bonus silver when opening a qualified IRA account just for being a supporter of The Stu Peters Show. So whether you want to protect your 50 grand or a half a million or even more, this is your opportunity to protect yourself from our out-of-control, corrupt corporate crime syndicate. Don't be a victim. Call Gold Co. 855-706-GOLD. Again, 855-706-GOLD. Or go to goldco.com slash stew. For the first time in a millennia, a famine of biblical proportion is hitting the earth, and it's by design. War has created scarcity. Fertilizer production has been wiped out. The price of fertilizer is up 128%. Food processing plants are exploding. Herds of cows are being massacred and buried. This is a very abnormal event. The Great Reset demons have created the crisis, but a generation of great resistors following King Jesus have the solution. Heavensharvest.com, get there right now. Prepare for the worst by trusting the best. Heavensharvest.com has a delicious plan to conquer starvation. It's real food, high quality, tastes great. Trust Heaven's Harvest today. Order food for the year and a bucket of heirloom seeds. Affordable, available, ready for the fight ahead. Heavensharvest.com. If you're over 35 and like the typical American, you start to feel tired around noon. Your ability to focus just keeps getting worse as you get older. For energy, you've probably tried coffee or tea or even worse, one of those sugary, poisonous drinks that promises energy for hours, but they just don't work. Your focus never improves. ESS-60 is a molecule that Big Pharma doesn't want you to know about. And that's because Big Pharma's evil and they want to kill you. And also they know how effective this is. And they can't make any money off of continuously slowly poisoning you to death. Historically, this is dramatically extending the lives of test subjects and it's why I'm hooked. My Vital C is made with just two ingredients, olive oil and a powerful nano antioxidant, 125 times more powerful than vitamin C. That's ESS-60. It's also backed by a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to myvitalc.com slash stew. Again, that's myvital, the letter C, dot com slash stew. Also, use the coupon code Peters at checkout for an additional 15% off your initial order. That's myvitalc.com slash stew. And welcome back to the Stu Peters Show. I'm Paul Harrell filling in for Stu. So way back in 2009, libertarian Republican Ron Paul gave a speech on the House floor where he claimed Israel created Hamas. Now, this may sound familiar because that's much like how the U.S. created ISIS. Give it a watch. What's happening in the Middle East, and in particular with Gaza right now, we have some moral responsibility for both sides, uh, in a way, because we provide help and funding uh, for both Arab nations and Israel. 
And uh, so we definitely have a moral responsibility, and especially now today, the weapons being used to uh, kill so many Palestinians are American weapons, and uh, American funds essentially are being used uh, for this. But there's a political liability, which I think is something that we fail to look at because too often there's so much blowback from our intervention in areas that we shouldn't be involved in. You know, Hamas, if you look at the history, you'll find out that Hamas was encouraged and really started by Israel because they wanted Hamas to counteract Yasser Arafat. And you say, well, yeah, that was better then and served its purpose, but we didn't want Hamas to do this. So then we as Americans say, well, we have such a good system, we're going to impose this on the world. We're going to invade Iraq and teach people how to be Democrats. We want free elections. So we encourage the Palestinians to have a free election. They do, and they elect Hamas. So we first indirectly and directly through Israel help establish Hamas. Then we have election. Then Hamas becomes dominant, so we have to kill them. You know, it, it just doesn't make sense. During, during the 80s, uh, you know, we were allied with Osama bin Laden. And uh, we were contending with the Soviets. It was at that time our CAA thought it was good if we radicalized the Muslim world. So we financed the madrasa schools to radicalize the Muslims in order to compete with the, with the Soviets. There's too much blowback. There's a lot of reasons why we should oppose this resolution. It is not in the interest of the United States. It's not in the interest of Israel either. Wow. Again, Ron Paul, 2009. We have a very short memory in this country. Unbelievable to go back and, and listen to what he was saying uh, then and versus where we are now and how we got here with this Israeli-Palestinian conflict and how uh, we mentioned earlier how you know this is easily a powder keg that could become a giant Middle East land war any second. Joshua Smith is a blue-collar, working-class family man who has spent more than a decade fighting in the liberty movement, three times elected to the Libertarian National Committee, once with the endorsement of Ron Paul, who you just saw on your screen. He's the host of Break the Cycle podcast, and he is a candidate for President of the United States in the Libertarian Party. Joshua Smith joins us now. Josh, thank you so much. Welcome to the Stu Peter Show, sir. Yeah, of course. So, uh, Thank you so much for having me on. It's my pleasure to be here. I mean... Let's talk about where we are. Uh, First of all, react to what Ron Paul just said, that flashback video from 2009. What are your thoughts on that video compared to where we are now? We're in the same place, uh, unfortunately. And, you know, it's if you ever go back and listen to Ron Paul's what if speech, it's one of the greatest speeches ever given, in my opinion. What if we had just listened to Ron Paul then? We wouldn't be on the precipice of this now, less than 15 years later. Um, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. Uh, we have continually meddled in foreign policy issues that don't concern us for, you know, generations, at least minimum. I mean, at least since world war II, uh, we haven't federally declared a war, but we certainly like to act like we have and, uh, and be a part of them. So, um, you know, it's, it's this war in this war and this, this conflict between Israel and, uh, Palestine has been raging on for a long time. Uh, and both sides have had their own bad, uh, things happen. And Ron Paul's right. We shouldn't be involved. We've been radicalizing the Muslims around the world for a long, long, long time. Uh, where, where did Palestine get all these M4s at? That's what I want to know. You know, we're talking about, you know, how we armed Israel, but where, where do they get M4s and where do they get these hang gliders and, and, and motorized hang gliders? It's like, we know, we know we've been a part of this for a long time, and it's time to step back and stop funding it for sure. Well, yeah. And, you know, there are, there are reports, uh, you know, uh, we're here in a minute. We're going to talk to Charles Downs uh, over at the National File, but the National File has reports of defectors, you know, from Zelensky's government that claim that you know Zelensky is selling these weapons to you know foreign entities, uh, U.S. weapons that went to Ukraine. Matter of fact, you know, it it is fascinating to me uh, that th- that this attack and this conflict happens right as the Ukraine war narrative has been completely blown up. No pun intended. But, you know, the Western media tells us that Zelensky is going to beat Russia, that they are beating Russia, that that's, you know, not happening. You had the Ukraine 
profile flags and all of the, I'm sorry, the Ukraine flags and all the profile pictures. Now everyone's got the, it's just interesting to me that if you had poll tested, if you had poll tested a war as the tolerance for this war in Ukraine is plummeting, if you had poll tested a war in the Middle East where Israel is specifically the one that's threatened, it would have polled very well amongst conservatives. And it was conservatives who had finally, many of the normie conservatives had finally given up on this Ukraine nonsense. Um, and now here we are, we're right back where we started, where we're going to have to listen to even more lies coming. I mean, because there's yeah, no doubt atrocities taking place, but we hear of these reports of decapitated babies, and then we have people that walk those reports back. Uh, it gets walked back online on Twitter, or you have retractions that are taking place, but it never actually makes it to Fox News. Fox News isn't saying, oh, yeah, I remember when we went wall to wall yesterday and told you that we found all of these decapitated children. Well, uh, th there, there may not be any direct evidence that corroborates that. Uh, and then maybe there is the next day. But it's, <laughs> you know, we're going to have to learn the same lesson that we learned uh, over the last two years with Ukraine. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it also it comes at a really funny time when the ADL is coming on fire in the United States as well, too. We've got to rebuild this this support for the uh, the Israeli lobby here in the United States as well. Um, but yeah, it's you know, look, the, the American people are wildly done with wars. We we've watched them rage on our entire lives. It's it's become nonsense to almost everybody. I don't know anybody who actually supports wars until Israel gets involved. Of course, now I'm seeing John McCain's all over my my Twitter feed constantly, um, and and it's exactly what it is. It's you know our biggest export as the United States is warfare. It's the military-industrial complex. Mm. We we try to sell democracy and war all over the world. We've been doing it my whole life, uh, probably my parents' whole life as well. And uh, and so when they lose support for one war, they have to find another one to get involved in. And this is a perfect example of that. And it's a perfect chance for them to get the support they need to continue their fighting in the Middle East. Well, let's talk about the ADL for a second. Let's talk about Jonathan Greenblatt because uh, you know this has pointed out. There's been people on Twitter that have been pointing this out that when it comes to U.S. policy. The ADL and Jonathan Greenblatt are very much against securing the border. They're very much right. against, uh, you know, well, you know, if you want to secure border, it must be because you're a racist, right? It must be because you're a white nationalist. It must be because you want some sort of ethno, you know, uniform state. But that is not his position when it comes to Israel. When it comes to Israel, I mean... You don't see ADL and Greenblatt saying, oh, we need to give Arabs the right to vote or we need to allow the Palestinians to come across the border in Israel. In that, he's, he literally is probably the best definition of a modern hypocrite that you could have when it comes to those two positions that he holds. Uh, you know, and likewise, we, we talked about this, uh, you know, talked about this with our, our last guest, uh, you know, this idea of, uh, of Christian nationalism and how when people say, hey, you know what, if, if you're a, a, you know, a civil magistrate, maybe you should govern like a Christian would govern, you know, um, and or maybe we need to have, you know, the choice between a Christian nation and a pagan nation. People say, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. That's racist. Then some of these same evangelical leaders who are pushing back on some of the other evangelical leaders who are saying, hey, I think we need to, you know, look at this, you know, move forward with this, they're in lockstep with the, the you know the, the nation state of Israel needs to do whatever they need to do. Uh, we have our own foreign uh, or our own state leaders here, like Nikki Haley, who are claiming, "Hey, you know, you just need to finish them off, finish the Palestinians off, do what you need to do." Netanyahu, and then we see Netanyahu posting on Twitter the destruction of residential buildings that likely have women and children inside, as if like, many, well, many. yeah, wow. go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we're we're seeing we're seeing dead babies, more dead babies on our Twitter. Uh, uh, timeline today than we've ever seen probably in our lifetimes and every single one i've seen has been coming out of burning rubble in a, in a palestinian building somewhere which by the way the you know the palace the palestine is 25 miles long by five miles wide they're kept there they're wildly uh uh looked after by the israeli people they're not allowed to leave it's you know they've really been oppressed for a long time um it, but but here's the thing about america like we we've been told we were warned about this stuff by yuri bezmanov decades ago uh, that the the communists were already here trying to get into our our, our institutions and they would eventually become a part of our government and we see that you know every other country around the world is allowed to have a border you know the, the people who pay the taxes and and um, 
you know, really pay for this whole country. All the all the the, the public service, the roads, the the national parks, all of it is paid for by taxpayers in America. They should have the right to say who they can and can't allow on their property um, that they paid for. So I'm not one of those libertarians that's uh, you know for an open border, and we do have a real crisis at the border. Uh, two million people a month coming in is not sustainable for the American public. But of course, you know, Greenblatt wants that. He wants this country ruined. Uh, everything he does is to ruin the, the nuclear family, shut down free speech, uh, uh, bring in more immigrants that aren't working, that are living on the streets, tear our economy apart. I mean, is, is there a reason for it? Do you have a reason for it? I can't see anything other than creating chaos in the United States purposely. So, uh, yeah, that, that guy, he's a monster. Yeah, no, absolutely. Chaos is their goal. I mean, this is intentional. There is nothing that our uh, leaders are doing that are actually, uh, you know, where you can make the argument this is benefiting the people in America that live here. This is about the destruction uh, of our country. Now, you mentioned that you're a libertarian. Again, we mentioned the top of the segment you're running for uh, president as a libertarian. I want to talk about it here in a minute, but before we do, I'm going to play a campaign, You want your, one of your campaign videos. And the reason I'm going to play this campaign video is because you are calling for essentially vaccine accountability. So the bioweapon, the people that uh, perpetuated this bioweapon across the entire planet, you are calling for them to be charged, put on trial, and you know given their, the appropriate sentence. And that is a message that is something that's very familiar to those of you who are in the Stu Peters audience and who watch Stu Peters every single night. So here's the video, and then uh, we'll have more discussion. Take a moment and remember the feeling. When they called you not essential. When they dictated what you could do, where you could go, how you could breathe. It's disgusting, isn't it? And they're trying to do it again. We've seen what happens when the people lose control. When politicians and unelected bureaucrats make the big decisions on our behalf, whether we like them or not. When the choices are taken away from us one by one. We've seen what happens when they strip away medical freedom. When they trample on informed consent. When they dismiss our cries of justice. They laughed at us. They called us names. Rest in peace, Wheezy. Them, their freedom. I want my freedom to live. And they shamed us for not going along with their every demand. Enough already. It's time to hold these tyrants accountable. In the midst of them trying to do it again, this wasn't a public health measure. This was an act of war against a peaceful people. But a reckoning is coming. And we're leading the charge. This campaign is for all of us. I'm asking you to join this movement that's for every single person who felt the crushing weight of mandates, the sting of being called unessential, the pain of having your liberty stripped away. I'm Joshua Smith and I'm running because you are essential and because our freedoms are non-negotiable. Not last time, not this time, not ever again. I recommend take the vaccines. I did it, it's good. We faced the challenges. We felt the pain, but we're not defeated. Together, we have the power to create a brighter future, one where liberty thrives and tyranny dies. I endorse prosecuting the COVID tyrants and using Guantanamo Bay to lock them away for their crimes against humanity. In the face of all of this happening again, where they think we're stupid enough to fall for it, in 2024, a vote for me is a vote for vengeance. Go to joshuasmith2024.com to find out how you can help. All right, so again, uh, that rhetoric, certainly familiar with the Stu Peters audience, uh, Joshua Smith. Um, what? Let me ask you this. Are, do you watch the Stu Peters show? Of course, of course. And I died suddenly was like the, one of the biggest op like uh, mind blowers of all time as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, this idea of accountability, it, ha it has to happen. We, we are in the midst, we were talking earlier at the top of the show with Timothy Gordon about this loss of faith in our institutions and how many of us, even before COVID, had, lo had already lost faith in the institutions. Then COVID, for maybe some of the normie, uh, normies out there, it really uh, did away with it. We are in the midst of a cascading failure, a cascading failure of our country, but it really goes with the cascading loss of confidence that we have in any of our institutions to be able to do anything in the form of justice 
specifically with what has happened with COVID, with the bioweapons, with all those people who, are died suddenly, who have died suddenly, with the people that now have myocarditis out of nowhere, which used to not even be a thing. Nobody even knew what it was. Uh, many people didn't even know what it, what it was until they started rolling out the shots. Um, so I guess uh, my, my question is, and saying all of that, why the Libertarian Party? Why, why, sure. why, do, why be a libertarian? I, I used to consider myself a libertarian, but I don't anymore, and I'll explain in a second. Go ahead. Sure. So I, I still heavily consider myself a libertarian, even though I'm anti, you know, I'm pro-life and I'm and and I'm anti-mass immigration, right? I, I don't think our blood, our borders should be flooded. I've talked about that. Some libertarians don't agree with me. Whatever, it's fine. Uh, but I will say this: I believe in in maximum liberty. Okay, I I came to this this movement by way of Ron Paul. I worked on Ron Paul's campaign in '08 after being a part of the shock and awe campaign in Iraq. Um, and I watched the way the GOP treated Ron Paul. I watched the way that they treat people, these great people like uh, Thomas Massey and Rand Paul and other libertarians that are sitting in, in, in the House today um, and Senate today. And uh, I just realized that no matter what I did, uh, no matter how hard I fought, that my ideas were never welcome in the GOP. And um, they'll keep a couple of us around as whipping boys, and that's fine. Uh, but, but you know, Ron Paul ne was never even able to accomplish anything in Congress, truly, as far as legislation goes, uh, because all of the worst things in this country that happen, that go through the law, are, find bipartisan support. Every single one of them. I lived through Reagan. I lived through Trump. I lived through both Bush Bushes. And my life is not enriched, you know, and I'm just sick and tired of of you know, this, this dream that we're going to vote for somebody from the two old parties, these deeply entrenched part of the administrative state, part of the deep state entrenched parties that with billions of dollars and that it's going to change things because it hasn't. And, and so, you know, I'm working with the third largest party in the, in the war, in the country. Um, and maybe we were a joke before, but we've taken over the, the national committee. Uh, we've taken over all the state committees, um, this Mises caucus, uh, uh, remnant of Ron Paul has taken over the party and we're working. And we're doing the right things. And I think that at some point people are going to notice that. And so, you know, for me, it's not about winning a campaign. We're probably not going to win. I'm, I'm going to be the first libertarian presidential candidate today to tell you we're not going to win the presidential election in 2024. We know that. Um, but what we also understand is that 5 to 15 percent of the of the general election will absolutely 100 percent change the political landscape forever. Uh, gives us national major party uh, status. We don't have to fight for ballot access anymore. You know, the Republicans and Democrats spend millions of dollars trying to keep us off the ballot every year. Uh, we get all the same the same exact requirements that the Republicans and Democrats have. We get into the debates. And, and let me tell you, if you put me up there, I'm a blue collar, working class, middle class guy who's been through this plight. I've been through the family law system. I, I get up every morning and put boots on. I go to work. I have six children that I'm raising. I feel this. I feel all this bad policy. And so I get to go up there and in these debates and tell people uh, tell these people that have been making our lives this way for so long how they're doing it and what they're doing and how they're making us feel. Um, and I just want to be that guy. I'm just trying to lead a movement for the same the same group of people that I've been in my whole life. So uh, it, it, it's important to me, you know, to work with the libertarians currently. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it doesn't work forever. But right now, this is this is where I found my principles and um, my goals uh, are welcomed. So let me ask you this, okay? If if I was a libertarian, would I have to accept uh, parents taking their kids to drag shows or parents giving their kids puberty blocking hormones and calling it health care? Absolutely not. Child abuse is not. Uh, uh, children cannot consent to child abuse. And in fact, if you look at my website at joshuasmith2024.com, you will see that I have a platform plank on there where I believe that the doctors and healthcare professionals, uh, mental healthcare professionals that are pushing children towards these things, 100% should be treated the same way that we treat uh, child sex traffickers with federal law. Let me tell you something. That right there is the the goal. I think of a lot of these uh, what I, I've called Christian red states at this point. But let's just let, you know the the red states th that are pushing back against the abuse of children via the trans lobby. Uh, that's the next big battle. Uh, they've already attempted it, I think, in Texas, but it got shut down because even the GOP donors don't they don't want to have this fight. But we have to in the states we have to open up the child abuse statutes. And we have to put these activities under the child abuse statutes so that Correct. even in even if these parents go off to California or New York and have these surgeries or these treatments done, they're they're coming back to their state and they are they have now committed abuse under under the under right. the states and, and that's where this has to go because you know I know it's a tough battle but this is 
it is abuse. It's a, it is literally child abuse, and we still in this country can pass laws that say this activity is morally wrong. And you know, it, it, you basically are always legislating. The idea that you're not legislating morality is is preposterous. You're always legislating morality, just based on sure. what? What's the standard? Uh, go ahead. Yeah, and I and I look at it this way. Look, you know, if if your child decided they wanted to have their arm cut off. You can't take them to a doctor and have their arm cut off. That would be child abuse. Uh, this is no different. You know, we're having 13, 14 year olds giving life changing, life altering drugs that they can't come back from, uh, mutilative surgeries. And yes, this is mutilation. Just like, just like these same people complain about happening in the Middle East and Africa and other countries. Uh, they're doing it here and, and rejoicing. Um, you know, and, and, and we start talking about some of these puberty blockers. The ACLU has found that it was inhumane to give to rapists, but we can give them to 13 year old kids. Like, it's absolutely asinine. It has to be handled. Uh, we need somebody who's strong enough to stand up there and say, we're not going to do this in America anymore. Uh, this is this is not what we were we were based on. Joshua Smith, thank you so much for coming on the Stu Peter Show. We really do appreciate it. Yep, appreciate you. Thank you. Absolutely. Folks, the Stu Peter Show, going to go to break, going to be back here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Here's a surprising fact. Research shows that even healthy people have wild swings in their blood sugar after eating. When I talk about blood sugar, a lot of people oftentimes tune it out because they think it's only relevant to people with type 2 diabetes. But blood sugar is a topic that everyone needs to understand. One of the biggest keys to optimal health is having balanced blood sugars. Spikes in blood sugar force your pancreas to work harder and are associated with things like weight gain and even risk of heart attack and stroke. Well, the boys at Bioptimizers have a blood sugar optimization product called Blood Sugar Breakthrough. And I don't think I'm overstating my case when I say it's revolutionary. Simply take two capsules 15 minutes before a meal and your body will push carbs and glucose into your muscles to be used as fuel instead of turning them into fat. As a result, you'll enjoy more stable energy without the post-meal crash. It also will improve your overall health. You have to try it. For an exclusive offer, go to bioptimizers.com slash SP. Again, that's bioptimizers.com slash SP. What if I told you there was a hostile alien species that controls your appetite, sleep, and focus? Invaders that urinate and defecate throughout your body whenever they are hungry. We call them parasites, and they are the root cause of many health issues that result in pain, suffering, and death. The Purge is our solution. Purge Suddenly offers a unique blend of 17 detoxifying ingredients, including black walnut hull and wormwood, scientifically proven to not only kill parasites, but to destroy and flush them out. If you've never gone through a parasite cleanse or didn't do it the right way, our proven formula prepares you for a complete and total victory. Increased alertness, weight loss, and clear skin are just a few of the potential benefits customers have reported back. Kill the parasites, destroy their eggs, and build a big, beautiful wall inside your body to keep them out. It is time to purge suddenly. It's you or them. Make your move now. Heart disease and blood clots and strokes and kidney failure, all things that a sane person would fear and all things that can be found on the back of an ibuprofen bottle as potential side effects. To top it all off, ibuprofen doesn't even get to the main cause of your pain and swelling problems. It's only temporary pain relief. It's only masking the true problem, which is inflammation. This isn't a solution to your pain, but you can find one right now at StopMyInflammation.com. Go to StopMyInflammation.com and learn more about why researchers are saying to add this Antarctic super nutrient to your diet. I'm talking about omega-3 fatty acids, but not just any form of omegas. No, these are omega-3 fatty acids sourced from wild-caught krill. The omega-3 content from krill oil has been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, and brain health, as well as reduce inflammation, swelling, and joint pain. In fact, it outperforms ibuprofen, Advil, and Tylenol, and it doesn't have the dangerous side effects that we mentioned earlier. Better yet, for a limited time, you can grab Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil for as low as $23 a bottle. Just go to StopMyInflammation.com right now. Go to StopMyInflammation.com. And welcome back to the Stu Peter Show. I'm Paul Harrell filling in for Stu. So earlier this week on the Stu Peter Show, we heard from Anthony Sabatini, who warned that rhinos began a push to reinstate former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy as tensions escalated because of the Israeli Palestinian conflict, which is primed to blow up into a full Middle East land war. The thought was they needed someone to guarantee funding for a new Middle East war with the same vigor and unwavering commitment that Kevin McCarthy showed for Ukraine and the girly man Zelensky. 
It seems that plot has been discarded for now, as the majority of the Republican conference has decided to pass the war funding apparatus to Congressman Steve Scalise. Many of you remember Steve Scalise. He was the congressman who was shot at the congressional baseball game by a deranged supporter of Bernie Sanders at the height of Trump derangement syndrome. Truly, that was the first pandemic before COVID. Now the GOP is trying to pass the gavel to Steve Scalise over Jim Jordan, even though there are reports Scalise's health is failing and he has cancer. Now, regardless of politics and the GOP's America last policies, this is a terrible look. At a time when Joe Biden is doing the Alzheimer shuffle and could be a spokesman for Depends Adult Diapers, and Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, seems to be a robot that shuts off at random times and gazes vapidly into the eyes of shocked reporters, you would think the next Speaker of the House would need to exhibit strength. No? Of course not. That would make too much sense, so the Republicans want to elect a cancer patient as the next Speaker of the House to perfectly complement the other two geriatric old men running this corporate crime syndicate. But who is Steve Scalise, really? Well, many say he'll be a McCarthy 2.0. Congressman Matt Gates, who led the charge to vacate the Speaker's chair, tweeted that Scalise is a better option than McCarthy. But like any politician, if you want to know how they will govern, then you only have to follow the money. Has Steve Scalise taken money from donors who want forever wars in the Middle East? What about big tech censorship? Has Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan, for that matter, taken money from big tech? National File reporter Charles Downs has been following the race for Speaker of the House, and he joins us now from Washington, D.C., to share more about what he has learned. Charles Downs, welcome to the Sue Peter Show, sir. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Bro, it is wild out here. Um, just to give some people some context, what's going on, currently lawmakers, GOP lawmakers, are walking into Congress right behind me to see who they're going to elect for speaker. It's their second meeting in 42 hours. And hopefully, who knows, but we might have some lawmakers walking right behind me. So maybe we'll, we can ask some questions in this segment. But well, you've been doing a, Okay, so you've been doing a lot of walking. I've seen it, and we'll, we'll put this up on the screen. But yesterday, you were trying to ask you and some other National File reporters, including National File publisher Noel Fritch, was trying to ask Dan Crenshaw, uh, uh, you know, questions and, you know, had the cameras in the face. And it appears, I mean, it's quite clear that Dan Crenshaw attempted to trip Noel Fritch on the steps of the Capitol. You were there. Tell us about it. Oh, yeah, dude. It was so crazy. So to even provide a little more background, it was reported yesterday that Steve Scalise has entrusted Dan Crenshaw to whip the votes for him to become speaker. What was interesting was after that video of Crenshaw tripping Noel came out, Crenshaw's people came to the Daily Caller and asked him to retract the report that Crenshaw was whipping votes for Scalise. So I'm going to assume Scalise's people also went to Crenshaw and were not too happy with his attitude. And it's really disturbing, dude, because before he tripped him, he told Noel he was going to take a fall or something like that. I, yes, and yes. I saw that in the video. <laughs> like, hey, are you going to fall, buddy? And then it's almost like he wanted... He wanted uh, Noel Fritch to fall, and that's why he put his foot out. Yeah, and what's really interesting is Crenshaw, you would think he would go up the opposite side of the rally. Like, the stairs were split, so he was going to go on the other side. But he went out of his way to walk on Noel's side so he could trip him. So I know some people are claiming, oh, he didn't see him. No, that's impossible. And I was standing right there, and for me personally, it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I literally stopped walking after it happened because I was like, did that just happen? Or yeah. did I just make that up in my mind? Am I going crazy? Like, did a member of Congress just kick a journalist? Well, you know, you know sadly, I mean, well, he's, he's, he, look, he's not a pro-war neocon for nothing, Charles. Uh, so speaking of uh, pro-war neocons, let's talk Steve Scalise. We were mentioning earlier about the funding mechanism, the, the funding, you know, the, the lobbyists. That's how you know how these people are going to govern. Steve Scalise basically takes the same... Uh, you know, there's the same money from the same sources as Kevin McCarthy, right? Yeah, and I call him Black Rock Steve. Um, National File, I wrote it this morning. We just put an article out. Since 2014, Steve Scalise has been taking money from Black Rock. And if y'all want to learn a real interesting fact, though, excuse me, that Capitol Police dog is barking behind me. Like oh, no, watch out. out here. But Black Rock started donating to Steve Scalise right when he became 
whip. Talk about a coincidence. So BlackRock starts dumping tons of money into Steve Scalise as soon as he gets power. And anyone looking at the FEC records from a view, like we all do, maybe you could make the argument that these globalist forces have been planning to put Scalise in power for a very, very long time. And donations prove that. And other people who have donated to Scalise include Google, Facebook, Amazon, Raytheon, basically anything that blows things up, they've given them money and any so, big tech firm. So that would be, it's that is remarkable. the, yeah, that is the forever war lobby. Essentially, he's taking that. And that's one of the reasons why I said if he's elected speaker, the first thing he's going to do is, you know, pass a, leg, uh, pass a resolution in support of Israel, which kind of furthers this idea that, hey, America isn't done. We are going to get involved in another war this time, another war in the Middle East, these forever wars. We just got out of, got out of Afghanistan, and now, you know, here we are. We're going back in again because the Ukraine war narrative has basically completely collapsed. All of the lies the Western media was selling about how Ukraine uh, is, you know, is winning and Zelensky's glorious army is beating the Russians, we all know now that that was a total lie. You know, not to mention the, the, the neo-Nazis that our tax dollars are going to support, you know, that Zelensky utilizes. Uh, so all of that's collapsed, and now we've got this. You know, we've got this new uh, this new war. So how much do you think this is um, playing on the, uh, the the wills of these congressmen? How much how much is this conflict, uh, you know, going to shape who Congress selects as the next Speaker of the House? It's really interesting because I'm going to debunk a narrative right now. So whether you're for this resolution for Israel or you're not. You don't need a speaker to pass the resolution. And that's the lie a lot of these like pro-war, I guess, warmongering congressmen are putting out is, oh, we can't do anything because we don't have a speaker. That's a lie. You can pass anything right now through something called a discharge petition. And basically what that is, is members just agree to the legislation and they all sign their names. And if they get a majority, it passes. So the narrative that's being put out that nothing can move without the speaker is actually a huge lie. And that needs to be put an end to because selecting the speaker is an important process and it shouldn't matter how long it takes. And like I said, if you're 48 or against the aid or you're for a resolution or against the resolution, the argument that needs to be made is y'all can pass whatever you want with a discharge petition. You don't need a speaker. So quit lying to the American people that nothing can get done without a speaker because that is a horrific, horrific lie. So how many votes how, how many votes do you think it's going to take? What's interesting is they're not going to bring anything to the floor until they are united behind someone. So right now, um, all these members going to conference behind me, they're going to probably vote again. But the votes are private. They literally take the members' phones. Uh, National File, we put some cool footage up yesterday of literally the members, GOP House members, getting their phones taken before they went to meet in this, like, super closed-door meeting. It's almost like selecting a pope in kind of a way. Like, dude, these people are literally walking into the Capitol behind me, and then they go down into the basement, and then they go down into the basement again. Like, this thing is, like, four or five stories deep in this, like, locked room that's, like, super secure that no one in the media, no one's allowed to get into. And that's where they're meeting at right now. So we'll see what comes of that. If they rally behind someone, it will go to the floor. But if they don't rally behind anyone, it won't go to the floor. Like yesterday, there was supposed to be a vote at 3 p.m. It got canceled because a lot of people backed out on Scalise. And what was interesting is a lot of the 113 members yesterday who voted for Scalise, it was a secret ballot, obviously, so they felt comfortable doing it. Well, when it came out that Scalise was going to be the guy, Everyone in their district just got angry, and now all of a sudden, magic, like magic, they don't want Scalise anymore. Oh, wow. So it's really important people stay engaged, and people call their members of Congress and tell them not to vote for Scalise, and if they do, they'll personally hold it against them in a potential primary, because I, that's how you get things done, and it's I, up to the people to get things done. Yeah, I saw where Congressman Ken, uh, was it Ken Buck, said, did he vote present? He didn't vote for either Jim Jordan or Steve Scalise. Yeah, he didn't vote for anyone because he was mad that Scalise and Jordan stood for election integrity. <laughs> and Scalise is scummy, but that was one of the nice things he he's done was he stood for the 2020 election integrity and voted against. Yeah, you know, I, I you know when I saw that, scam. even myself, I, I, I thought, maybe well, maybe this is a psyop, because even, if, even at that point, I was like, well, I mean, maybe Steve 
Scalise isn't such a bad guy. <laughs> because Nazi I was like, Scalise well. was just aiming for power. And what's interesting about people like Scalise and I guess we'll throw Ron DeSantis into this is most people like Scalise and DeSantis and you can put Chip Roy in on this. They tell you what you want to hear mm-hmm. and they'll go really far. So they'll go like 95% there. But then when it comes down to actually voting the important vote, Oh, they're nowhere to be found, and they're going to vote for, for the globalist issue every single time. And it's kind of like con in a way, right? Like, oh, give me your money, donate to me, I'm fighting for you. And they get so close, and then they fail every single time. And it's so heartbreaking to watch some of the great GOP voters fall for these people's scams over and over and over again. And yep. I think that's an important aspect of the speaker's race is no more scams. The American people want the truth. They want an America first speaker who's actually going to tell them the truth and do what they say they're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and Chip Roy and people like that, they also get really upset when you, the press, or the American people hold up a mirror to them uh, and actually show them who they really are by holding them accountable. Then they lash out. They don't like who they see in the mirror. They don't like to be called a rhino. They don't like to be called America last. And then they lash out. And that's exactly what Chip Roy recently did, didn't he? Yeah, so Chip Roy, he was on the Steve D show, and then a disaster, this guy, Steve Dees. So they're on the show together. and I think it's pronounced Dace for some reason. I think it's pronounced Dace, well, but go ahead. He's not good enough to get his name called correctly, so he's <laughs> Steve Dees. He's Steve Dees. So Roy and Dees are on the show, and Dees asks Roy, oh, what do you think about people calling you rhinos? And Roy is a DeSantis supporter. He's a Bush backer. When Ken Paxton was impeached, Chip Roy called on Ken Paxton to step down. He's literally a tool of the bushes, essentially. And he's basically crying, dropping F-bombs, saying, like, anyone call me a rhino to bump their Twitter numbers up, come F and fight me, come F and fight me. Well, I call him a rhino a lot. And the other day I was outside his office making a video, basically calling him a traitor because he is. And he never came out to talk to me. So, like, even that's a little bit BS. But... It is people are so tired of getting called rhinos. All they got to do is vote correctly. It's a really easy s- solution, but they don't seem to want to do that because they like that globalist money too much, so they won't. So it's just so obnoxious. They're literally acting like first graders, if you, in a way, if you think about it. Like, I broke the rules. Why are people angry at me for breaking the rules? It's like the biggest childish mindset ever. Yeah. Man, it's uh, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it seems like a circus. By the way, what is that noise that we keep hearing? Do you mind oh, yeah, me asking here, I'll, that? I'll spin it around so like hopefully y'all can see it. So there's a gate, and in order to come in to like park, so this is like a parking lot. So the members park their cars here. So in order to come in, it's like a bomb detector. So it goes up and down, up and down every okay. time someone goes by. And those dogs, the dog you hear barking, is like a bomb dog. So he sniffs the cars. Kind of concerning. He keeps barking. I don't know what that. Is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I. So that's what's going on. Yeah, Charles Downs. Thank you so much. We really appreciate uh, you giving us an update on all of this. And your great reporting is available over at nationalfile.com. I want to encourage everybody to go check that out. You and the great team at National File always do a great job. And uh, keep up the good work. Stay safe. And we really appreciate it, sir. Oh, thank you for having me. And thanks for those compliments again. And yeah, everyone, check us out and check me out on social media at the Charles Downs. All right, folks, that's all the time. Yes, sir, that's all the time we have for this edition of The Stu Peter Show. My name is Paul Harrell. It's been great. I hope you guys have a great, fantastic weekend. See you next time. What does the federal government do with your tax dollars? They waste billions in Ukraine. They give over $2,000 a month to illegal aliens invading our country. They murder scores of Americans with the corona hoax bioweapon jabs. They cheat in the elections and take away your voice. And when you complain about it, like the peaceful protests on January 6th, they put you in prison, torture you, and make up phony indictments against you. The enemy wants you to be a powerless slave that shuts up and does as you are told. But there is a way out of this tyranny. Freedom Law School has been teaching Americans for over 27 years that no law requires 99% of Americans to file and pay income tax. None of their students who have stopped paying have gone to prison or had their bank account and property stolen by the IRS. Go to freedomlawschool.org today to take five steps to freedom from IRS deception, robbery, and slavery. Totally free to set you free. Go to freedomlawschool.org today. I really wish I didn't have to bring you this disgusting news. But you know that holster company that I've been working with as a sponsor for the past four months, Vanish Holsters, 
They've just been banned. Yeah, even though they're legally allowed to purchase it, Amazon, Google, and Facebook just banned it for sale to more than 7.7 million Americans who live in a certain state. Now, the good news is they can't stop me or us from getting it in their hands, or in your hands, for that matter. Now, crazy enough, the reason that it was banned is because that holster, Vanish holster, enhances the concealment of a weapon better than just about any other holster on the market. And even better, it works with 99% of all semi-auto handguns. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry in multiple positions. It carries two fully loaded magazines. Best of all, using my link, you get it for $40 off. So lock in your special pricing right now. Go to Vanish.com slash Stu. Again, that's VNSH.com slash Stu. Again, VNSH.com slash Stu. I don't believe in the process of elections. I believe it's all rigged. I believe that they're all stolen. And the more I talk about this with experts every day, the more I'm convinced that we're living in this movie. It's all fake. But let's just say that somehow, magically, overnight, we return to this constitutional republic, two-party representative government system where your vote counts, and it's real. There's not a single candidate who's willing to throw their balls on the table and stand up to do the right thing. The institutions that we rely on, the government, the legal system, the media, all of them seem to be increasingly focused on their own agendas rather than serving the interests of the public. We need to recognize that we can't count on them to save us. So you have to save yourself. And part of saving yourself means protecting your future. That's why I partnered with GoldCo. Because I believe that they can help you get into gold and silver just like they did for me. Here's the facts. GoldCo has helped protect over $2 billion in gold and silver for people just like you and me. And right now they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver with qualified orders just for being a supporter of the Stu Peters Show. So whether you want to protect 50 grand or half a million or more, this is your opportunity to protect yourself from their out-of-control corrupt government. Don't be a victim. Call GoldCo, 855-706-GOLD. Again, 855-706-GOLD or go to goldco.com slash stew.